Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Leah Guy, who is an intuitive healer and a spiritual teacher. Welcome, Leah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this show. Well, I'm very happy to have you. You add to what the show is all about, about people doing something really lovely and good for this world. So we all have a little bit, of, raise our spirits a little bit. And I guess to that point, you could tell us what it's like to be an intuitive healer. What it's like? Well, you know, it's uh, my chosen career, so I, I take it very seriously. And it's my passion to help people as an intuitive um, you know, that part, I think, intrigues a lot of people, but I've just had a lot of practice and time listening and tuning in to my gut and my guides and energy and source. And so I use that in my, in my work. And so I do a couple of things. I work with people as a spiritual coach to help them kind of remember who they are and practice mindfulness and reconnect with their higher self and their prayer life or however they experience um, you know that which is bigger than them and i also do emotional healing work so um, that is you know very personal and very deep for people who've experienced traumas or who are just stuck in their limited beliefs or feel blocked in their life so there's a lot of different things that I do with people individually. And then I've also authored three books. Um, and that too, I would say is, you know, they're, I think they're good books. I think they're great books, but they, they weren't planned out as such. They kind of, you know, came to me and came through me and I wanted to offer them to the world. So, so that's kind of what it's like. I'm busy and I wish I could do my work for free. Hopefully someday I will get to that level where I can do that and be of service to more and more people. Well, that would be lovely. Yes. And, uh, but you have to eat like everyone else. And I know. Yeah. Requires paying for the food too. <laughs> yep. It does. So how long have you been doing this? Well, I've been doing some version of healing arts for 25 years, almost 26 years now. So it started, um, well, as a career, it started as body worker. I was doing massage therapy and trigger point work and reflexology and chronic pain assistance. But before I even went to the school for conscious body work, I had learned and had been training in energy healing and meditation and channeling and so forth. So um, I just knew, you know, as a career that it would be easier to get started as a body worker. So at that point, it was 1995, 1996. And I was also working in a health food store. So I had the opportunity to learn a tremendous amount about herbs and supplements and organic foods and the processes of our bodies and so forth. So from that time forward, I've done some iteration of healing and coaching or therapy or something. So it's been a long well, time. It's, it's what you do. And it's wonderful. Um, if people have a natural bent for it. Um, I know the woman I married 30 years ago, one of the first things that she asked me after a few weeks that we were going out together <clears throat> was, do you think you'd ever like to add some vegetables to your meat and potatoes? <laughs> and we were off to the races, didn't she? Yeah. is a natural uh, person. She's a health coach and so forth. But I mean, she very cares about that. And I know what 
in the that's in her heart and in her yeah. soul. She does that. Now, the thing that I find one of the things I find fascinating about intuitive work <clears throat> is everyone does it differently, and that's fine. When you're working with somebody, how does it come to you? You know, if, whether it's emotional or physical, what is either images or senses? What is what do you get? It comes to me in different ways depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm guiding someone in what I would call a healing session or even a meditation, um, I often see the images of you know information that's wanting to come through. Of course, it makes no sense to me, but I I trust that it has information for the client. Um, when I'm talking with a person, a lot of times it'll be more like an audible voice almost, but it's not a voice. It's just kind of a knowing. A knowing, yes. A knowing feeling. Um, so that happens that way. And then when I'm writing, you know, the same thing. I just, a part of me, of course, a part of my brain has to be functioning and clicking the keys and making everything make sense. But I try to leave a different part of my consciousness open to be guided of what to say next and where to put it and, you know, hold all that information. So it's a variety of ways. Um, right. Well, that, what's interesting is when did, when did you first notice it? And I, the reason I ask it is, is I, I ended up doing some of this work, but I never made it my career. Mm -hmm. But it was like a shock to me when I first did it and said something and someone said, well, how did you know that? And I went, I don't know how I knew that, but I did. Right. Yeah. When did. When did you first notice it? Well, in a different way, when I was very, very young, you know, I was that person who saw things, um, visible things. And over the course of my life, I've seen physical, um, well, whether you call them spirits or energy or what have you. So I saw things at a very young age. At that point, it scared me because I didn't know what it was. Um, but also, as I began to get older and also moved through a lot of my own trauma and so forth, I started noticing in my dream time was filled with what I would say information, you know, and I know part of that is my subconsciousness working things out, but there was a lot of connection to people who had uh, passed over or people who were actually passing and I was in communication with them as they were going. Um, so it's, it's kind of taken a lot of different forms over the course of my life, but I think really when I honed in on it, you know, when I was early in my 20s and honed in on the practice of listening and the practice of channeling. That's when it became started to become um, very powerful to the point where, again, it, it scared me a little bit, but it also, you know, got clearer and clearer and clearer. But, you know, I know you've probably heard this and I think a lot of people have. I think all of us are intuitive for sure. I know that. But especially when we're younger, many people will have initial experiences and because of their age and their limitation in their mind, they don't, you know, they don't know how to express it or, or tell about it or absolutely. what it is. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can relate. Uh, I have a daughter who's, I have two daughters, but one daughter who's 24 now. But when she was about three, I think, or two, very young, she said something and we just listened and went, wow. What she said was, I want to go home, but the doors are closing. And it was just, and she's never remembered that. I asked her over the years if she remembers. She does not re recall it, but you know that's that intuitiveness, that connection. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And it's quite beautiful. It's quite wonderful. Have you in now? We've been through almost two years now, and how, how long we go, and who knows with this virus? Have you noticed a great difference with the clients you work with 
in their level of anxiousness, I would assume, and, and maybe a kind of, I don't call them diseases, but ailments that are coming up because of the stress. Um, yeah, certainly. I think, you know, I think it's highlighted a lot of different people's what was already present, but then it kind of brought it forward more. So whether that be anxiety or loneliness or that feeling of stuck or that feeling of shame, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough. You know, I think it's kind of amplified the undercurrent of what people were already, you know, experiencing to certain levels or keeping dormant, repressed, distracting themselves from. But certainly I've seen, um, you know, I've seen that in my work and, and within myself, you know, it's it's been that time for all of us, I think, to witness a different part of ourself. Well, it is fascinating because with nothing to do, quote unquote, or without you know having to reduce mm -hmm. the activity, it does bring up those things you mentioned. I've heard it from so many people, my wife included, and even my own thoughts. I'm not doing enough. I should be doing something, right. as if doing is what we are, but instead of being. Right. Um, yeah, and it's hard for people to, you know, especially those who aren't necessarily aware or um, conscientious of the connectedness of of the oneness of all of us. And, you know, especially that first year, um, the the fear, the doubt, the the loss, the changes, the hardships, you know, that was going on globally. And whether you or me or a person was directly affected in a certain way, we have to remember we're connected to all of that, you know, so we're experiencing that energy together. And and it's it's hard to put that in perspective because most of the time we just operate our own lives and, you know, go from A to B and B to C and C to D and figure it out as we go. But it really disrupted everything about how we experience our present moment. Right. Well, as you say, most people aren't aware about this connection, about the fact that we are. And it's interesting to talk to people uh, in various parts of my life when I speak to people and how you're feeling, well, I'm feeling terrible or I'm feeling depressed, but I don't know why. I mean, I know what's going on out there. I said, but do you know that everyone else is feeling this also? Right. And a lot of times they'll say, no, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll check with some other people. You'll see, this is universal. This is, and I, I also think this is a time and you probably haven't experienced something like this. I've heard from other people to yes, okay, you can't do what you were doing before, but you do have time to think now or you do have time to go deeper have you found that not only for yourself, but what about for people that you work with? Are they oh, yeah. able to go in there? and? Yeah, I think, well, you know, I think a lot of us need assistance with that. And, um, you know, and that's partly what I do. But there's a lot of resistance to going deeper because, you know, the deeper we go, then the more it gets revealed. And I, I think that there's a lot of fear in people about going to that place. I, For me personally, I have felt, um, well, you know, just like everything, there's the duality, then the, the polarity of all things. So of course, there's been, you know, the uncertainty and confusion and loss and so forth that I've experienced and shared and empathize with others. And then there's also this profound space of um, time and beauty, you know, that I feel so grateful for, even though I resisted it sometimes, even though, you know, it brought up a bunch of stuff I didn't necessarily want to deal with just time to to be and to think and to cry and to beat the pillows and to figure out different parts of myself and remind myself who i am and connect with other people you know it's 
really a, uh, it's been a beautiful experience in that way. Right. Uh, though the question about connecting with other people, that's been a challenge for, to us all. It's not the same way we used to connect. We have to learn new ways to connect yes. and set up Zoom calls. Did you Have you done any Zoom calling with family members, like a, a Zoom for your whole family? Because many people are doing that. A little bit. I've done more FaceTime, you know, with individuals. Um, and we've done some of that. But even that you kind of forget to do. I, I'm so active on Zoom and on the computer and on my live streams and all the platforms that, quite honestly, when I get finished with work, I just want to shut it all down. But right. you know, <laughs> in that way of that challenge of being connected, you know, this for me has been a tremendous, um, well, learning period of of deeper connections within myself and uh, source and angels and and spirit and so forth. Because I moved the week of the shutdown, I moved from Jersey City, a loft on the fourth floor where all my friends, all my clients, my healing center used to be, everything was in Manhattan and Jersey City. And I bought this home in Lambertville, literally moved in the Friday of the lockdown. And I don't know anyone in Lambertville. And there's no reason for me to be here besides I thought it would be a beautiful, you know, place to live and be able to come back and forth to the city and work. And it's almost like I felt like I was brought to this place of solitude as if I'm on a mountain in India by myself. You know, it feels purposeful and it was terrifying for the first eight months, 12 months. Of course, of course yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, we moved to Jersey City. You left. We yeah. moved from Manhattan with this large surrounding of people and yeah. things to a much smaller place. But there were people. And we first year, we walked around and met a few people. Uh -huh. Second year, virus. Third year, virus. We have we may maybe two friends in the whole neighborhood because you can't. And, and one of them just called us and told us that he was exposed and therefore they're in quarantine. So. Uh -huh. Even that adds to it, but but yeah, you go to a new place and you have just yourself. Yeah, it's and I live in the woods. I don't have neighbors. You know, it's literally like uh, on the one hand, I feel very safe here. You know, but each of us are having our own unique experience. You know, that's mine, that's yours, and everyone's experience, however it's altered their reality. You know, it has been something new and something different, and um, you know, it each experience brings up its own challenges. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And are you continuing? Well, that you continue to do your work during this time. Is most of your work was it always online, or was it some in-person work before? No, it was. It was really never online, except for I have some online courses. Um, I lost a lot. I, I had finally scheduled all of the retreats and weekends and teachings and the places like Kripalu and Omega. You know, all the places that I had wanted to teach it was all lined up for 2020 so that got um canceled and right. most of all my clients got canceled so i i did switch over to virtual and i do see some clients from time to time in person if it you know feels safe and and everyone's willing but yeah it changed everything yes do you do workshops online also i do well mostly i do courses in the my live videos i i'm a teacher on insight timer i'm not sure if you know that app but it's a meditation mindfulness app right. and um, that that allows me to connect to people all, all over the world and you know i do other lives and i have a patreon channel for a small group of people who want to teach and learn or you know learn with me every every month so i'm i'm active for sure but it's not preferred, you know, I have had some in-person retreats here at my home in Lambertville because it's a beautiful retreat setting. So 
when the weather was good last year, we had three different retreats and that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, as you say, though, when you're alone or when you have no, you don't have a lot around you, or that's the time we go inside. And when you discover there's nothing but God, you go to God yeah. or spirit or whatever you wish to call it, it yeah. because you have that opportunity to get into that. And what, what, if anything, did you discover that you would say is, oh, my, that's different. I didn't know that uh, in this period of time. About yourself, I mean. About myself. Well, as I said, I moved to the woods without neighbors and, um, you know, the first, it brought up my childhood fear of being alone in the dark, honestly, you know, and I guess I kind of knew that, but it's easy to forget because I've been in the city, I've been surrounded by millions of people for the past 20 something years. And it was really an eye opening experience to go to bed every night by myself in a large house with the woods and no one around and not knowing anyone and you want to talk about me and god we we became best friends <laughs> that's right the you time know? to talk <laughs> yeah i had bats in the house you know this is a 200 year old house there's a lot of spirit energy in the house the stories i well i'm, I'm in fact going to write a screenplay that's my next project my next big project about this whole the whole experience and so forth but um yeah, it was it was like in, in my face again, and it and it felt a little ridiculous. But also, honestly, I don't know that many people that would move to the woods by themselves in a big house and live, you know, and not have those thoughts and fears come across. So, right. well, you mentioned that one of your childhood fears was being alone in the dark. I had the same one, and a lot of people do. Any thoughts yeah. about what that is for people? Well, I, I guess it's different for, you know, it's hard to summarize it fully, but I think that it's a sense of separation. And, you know, in, in my work in emotional healing and the spiritual work, that sense of separation is what creates fear. And so this is why for me, being anchored to something higher than us, to God, to angels, what have you, and to being grounded and anchored to our present moment, you know, those are the two places where we can constantly be in connection. And when people don't feel connected, we feel separate and that separation is like a void and that void is terrifying. And so I think for a lot of people, especially children, you know, if there's any disruptions in the house, if there's, you know, it depends on your environment as a kid for sure. But as we learn to be by ourselves, if we're not anchored and, and learn those skills of how to anchor in those important ways, you know, it can feel just like we're we're completely isolated and disconnected. So I think right. that that's and, what it is. And that's why I believe people get very, very busy, many jobs, many relationships to try and get connected without maybe starting by finding out who we are, each of us, right. Right. in order to get there. But, you know, that's the work. That's the job that we all we all came here to do. Exactly. Yes. I think that's I think it's wonderful. I, I am also continue to be interested more in more about the intuitive healing part as to what's happening today and what people are feeling um because i think this this exactly what you were talking about but this disconnect has happened to hundreds of millions of people and now we're on our own so to speak um what what would what do you say to your clients when they say i'm scared i'm alone how do you help them find that connection well, I think, um, you know, one of our greatest tools is tapping into compassion 
because ironically, as separate as we all are right now, this we're more connected than we've ever been and because everyone is dealing with the same thing. I can't remember a time, and I'm not a historian, so maybe there has been a time, but you know, I know there's been other pandemics and so forth, but where we're so connected via technology and and so many people, everyone experiencing the same fears and the same limitations and restrictions and the same changes in their lives. So in fact, we are connected, but that feeling of disconnection when we take away, you know, what's right in front of us, when we go to that place of compassion and when, you know, just simply, quickly, anyone can close their eyes and imagine, you know, a neighbor, a person over, you know, in another continent or where, wherever they are, and imagine that person that's dealing with the exact same thing you are, you know, and I think it's our job as self healers to find ways to, um, you know, make actual connection, whether that's through groups or um, giving how we can supporting other people, um, you know, praying for other people, joining prayer groups, joining meditation groups. When, when we're included in that kind of participation, we activate the compassion and we connect in a, in a much deeper and meaningful way than just sitting across from someone having coffee, for example. I mean, that feels nice, but yeah. you know, there's, there's so many places we can go with our sense of empathy and compassion. And, um, you know, I teach a lot on my, on my live videos and so forth about how we're all connected to source, whether again, however you want to define that, but this feeling that we're disconnection is just a feeling. It's not a truth. And then we have to, you know, kind of become curious in our mind of what what are our beliefs, what are our feelings, and what are what are truths? Because if we believe, and if what it's true that we're all connected to source, because that's where we come from, and that's what we're part of in this um, universe, then we can't be disconnected and connected to it at the same time. It's just an experience of feeling disconnected. And so again, as self healers, we work to, to find how to, we, how can we experience the feeling of being connected again, because we are, that is what's true, you know? So all these things are, are tools and their perspectives and, and sometimes a lot of work, you know, it doesn't come That's easy when you're <laughs> feeling, um, isolated, alone, depressed, uh, and separate, you know, yeah, but we yeah. have to, we have to get into our conscious mind, not our child state or our younger self. You know, we have to become the conscious and bring it to the light, bring it to the consciousness and remember who we are remember where we come from. And remember that we have these abilities of compassion and empathy and shared experience that really all it takes is one decision, you know, one click on a link, one video, one FaceTime, one participation. And now we're hooked in. And right. It's so fascinating how that one connection, as you say, that one click, suddenly yeah. you remove from here to there and it's like yeah. one different world. Everything's okay, as yeah. opposed to everything being terrible. I, I wonder, do you also uh, work with, because I do, in terms of we are all one, we come from one place, we're here now, but we're all still connected and we're moving to that place again. We will be there. Do you work with that theory with people? That's not theory, I think fact, but anyway. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I do, but I call it more of, um, I speak about it more in the terms of you know, like aligning ourselves or that remembering who we are instead of the returning to it. Um, 
you know, sometimes they use the term like, you know, we're walking each other home, like Ram Das suggests, right. you know, so we're going to that place, but we're never really away from that place. That's just I, I like, I write, um, thank you. That's really better than saying returning. We're, we are never really away. What we sometimes forget that we yeah, are connected. feel disconnected. Yeah. And we get so of the world, you know, and I think in, in so many religions, you know, that teaching of not being of the world you know we're in it but not being of it is a reminder that um you know unlike a tree that is you know planted here in the world and continues to grow in the world we come into the world and then when we you know when our time is over the the part of us that came will return you know and and we but we're never we're never um stuck here just being of the right world, you know so yes I think that's a vital part of, of all of this learning and healing and healing. Yes, well, now, amazingly, time is zipping by here. Mm -hmm. And before we get too far along and have to close, uh, if people who are listening to you now and are as fascinated as I am by what you're saying would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, either a website or an email or what, what would you like them to do? Well, my website is my name, leahguy.com. It's L-E-A-H-G-U-Y.com. And then on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon, my handle is at Leah Guy Live. And then, of course, I'm on YouTube and Insight Timer and, you know. The You're all over the place. Yeah. We'll be found in all over the place. Well, that's wonderful because you need to be all over the place. What you have to offer is quite delightful. Thank you. One last question as we come to the end of this show. I'm very happy to have you here. You, you've just been a delight. What is your vision of where we're going and how this has brought us to where we're going? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I do believe that we're entering into a new age of um, consciousness and our ability to perceive, you know, in that consciousness. So some people are referring to that as like the 5D reality as opposed to being in a 3D reality. You know, what is that gonna look like? I don't think anyone really knows, but you know, as uncomfortable and difficult as all of this loss and strife and division is, um, that, that seems to be the way to present fertile ground for new growth. So I am hopeful and um, I believe that, that, this, that ultimately there will be an inclusivity, you know, this feeling of connection between more of us and a, a more awakened state of living. You know, that's what that's what I think is happening. That's wonderful. I all want to be in that awakened state. Yes. Uh, that's it. Our time is almost up. Anything you'd like to add before we close? No, thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. Well, Leah, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the, the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. You have contributed a tremendous amount. Thank you so much. Thank you.